I like that sort of a theme there in a couple of those songs. You know, he was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. Think about what he has brought you through to get you to this point. Just think about it. Some of you may be sickness, life, I don't know, financial, job loss. There's all sorts of things we've gone through. And God has been faithful through every single bit of it. Through all of our ups and all of our downs, through our mess-ups, through our failures, through our mountaintops. You know, we do a, God does a lot of cool things through us. And when we uh, surrender and just get out of His way and get to the end of ourselves and say, Okay, Lord, I trust you. It's amazing what God does. And He is just as faithful today as He's always been and He always forever will be, and you can count on it, you can bank on it, you can always know, and, and I'm telling you, whatever's coming, whatever's coming your way, he's just as faithful then as he is right now, and he was back then. If you've got your Bibles, go with me over um, this morning, it says you choose, you choose, we're going to read a lot, we're going to read a couple of different stories this morning, and I just want the Spirit of God, I'll I'll, of course, always say, hey, I'm just going to read a lot, and then I do a lot of talking. But I want, you to, I want you to just allow the Spirit of God to, to speak to your heart this morning as you listen to these situations that we're going to be in. As we're reading through God's Word together, hey, we're almost finished with Genesis, isn't that it? That's interesting, isn't it? We've, we've been through, we've seen Abraham, we've seen creation, we've seen Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and We've seen the boys, and now we've spent time in, in Egypt there with Joseph at Potiphar's house and over the kingdom. I mean, it's amazing how faithful God has been through every single bit of that. And he's still working. He's still moving. And, and the event that takes place early on in Joseph's move, which it wasn't a, an intentional move, it was sort of a have to. His brothers, you know, sold him into slavery there. They threw him in the pit, and you've heard different sermons from, from the pit to the palace, from, from, I mean, all these different sermons that have been preached from this text. Go with me over to uh, Genesis chapter 39. You choose every single day on what you're going to do. The option's ours. I know a long time ago, I I was here and I think I preached on choice. We have choices. Choices is one of those things that is very powerful that we have and what we do with it matters. Are we making good choices? Do we make bad choices? But we choose every single day how we respond to life. Look at this story that we read about in Genesis chapter 39. And I know I'm sort of calm and somber, but if there's ever been a Sunday morning, you need to pay attention. It's now. It's not evangelistic. But if you're not a Christian, Jesus Christ is your only hope. Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Him. You can't play church. You can't be at church. You can't be a member of a church. You can't. Baptism doesn't save you. Only Jesus saves you. And it's a relationship with Christ. But guys, when it says you choose, when we talk about every single day choosing, am I going to obey? 
Or am I going to succumb? Or am I going to fall? Or am I going to, am I going to mess up? And, and we're going to look at it, and you're going to see there's... He makes a point here. And it was really this point that stuck with me, and it was this point that Joseph makes here in just a moment that really was in my mind all week long as I went and as I thought about today and as I thought about me and my life and our life and as a church we want to be a we want to be a, a church that walks in obedience to Christ. We want to honor him. We want to be a we want to be thriving and, and doing all that God saved us to be. Beginning verse one. Chapter 39 of the book of Genesis. I'm going to read a lot. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. Very important. I could stop at each one of these and point them out. The, Lord, the Lord's hand was on Joseph tremendously. You know, the Lord's hand's on us. Look around you. Look at your health. Look at your resources. Look at, you look at Joseph, and, and, and you know, we could put ourselves into this Joseph situation here. God, you know, at this boxcar that we stop at this morning, that we see just this Joseph life, and you say, well, well this is Joseph. No, guys, this is us too. Because God's hands on us, and God blesses us, and God provides for us. Look, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight, and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. And it came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he owned, listen, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessings was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. God was lavishing. When you hear me stand up here and say time after time again that God, we pray for God's blessings and we pray God can lavish his goodness. And you say, well, that can't happen. Yes, it can. God poured blessing after blessing and said everything touched God blessed God blessed even the people who he was a slave to he blessed him as well so he left verse 6 so he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance and it came about that after these events, that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and said, Lie with me. Shouldn't happen. She's a married woman. That's what she says. But look at, look at Joseph. Here, here's an opportunity. Here's an option. Here's, here's a direction. Here's a, here's a temptation. Here's a choice. Here's, uh, here, here, go back. Go back to the choice. Go back to you choose. Go back to the, the, the picture there. Do you see those arrows? I didn't tell him to put those arrows. God did. 
You see those arrows? And there we stand. Which way are we going to go? Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on the direction. But we start veering and we start going. And here is an opportunity. And let me go ahead and tell you, we face these every day. Every day. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you're his wife. And how then, listen to this. How then could I do this great evil and sin against Potiphar? It's not what it says, is it? Guys, when we, when we allow that truth right there to dictate our lives, when we allow the heaviness of what that verse there says at the very end, when we allow that to guide our choices and guide the directions we choose every single day, look, y'all, it's not man, it's God. God is the one blessed. God is the one who's been faithful then and now. God is the one whose hand is blessing everything that I touch. God is with me. It is God who we see. Listen to this. Go with me. Go with me. We're coming right back there. But I want you to see something. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. And there is no creature... And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Every single one of us, guys, we serve an audience. We live before an audience of one. God sees God's hand is lavishing. God's hand is blessing. God's provision is providing. God is waking us. He's given us that breath, and He's given us that breath, and He's that breath, and all the next that we're going to get, He's given it to us. And when we sin, when we choose, when we have those choices, and listen, here is just one. Temptations come, traps come, snares come, fiery darts come, and all shapes and sizes and forms. And Joseph says, how in the world could I sin against God? Sin is against God. Yes, he would have been, yes, he would be sinning against Potiphar. Yes, he would have been doing something that was just evil. Yes, yes, yes. But ultimately, we stand before an audience. We stand before a judge of one. And every single day of our lives, we have to choose. There's consequences. There's consequences to, to living right. There's consequences to, we talked about it a week or so ago, when we choose to obey Christ, when we choose to obey 
the Lord when we choose to not run with the world and do the things that everybody else would do, you're going to be blacklisted and you're going to be outcast and you're going to be called names and you may lose your job. He's thrown in prison. We know the rest of the story. You just read it. But look at what happens in prison. God blesses prison. Isn't it amazing? God lavishes prison. But the Lord, verse 21, but the Lord was in with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Here's what we think. Here's what the temptation says. Here's what the lie says. This is best. This will complete you. This will fulfill you. This will make you happy. This, is, this will make it all better. This will make it go away. Oh, God is faithful. God is faithful. How could I do this against God? Another example. Go over to David. 2 Samuel we know what happens in Second Samuel chapter 11. David should have been off fighting. David should have gone off with all the rest of the kings, but he wasn't. He went out when all the other kings were fighting, and his eyes went to places they should not. Look at Second Samuel chapter 12. Second Samuel chapter 12. Guys, when we sin, God sees it. When we lie, we cheat, we steal, when, we, when our eyes cut and when we're talking, when we're whispering, when we're, when we're doing whatever we're doing, God sees it. God sees it all. He's an omniscient, all-knowing, everywhere God. You can't hide from Him. You can't go too high. You can't go too low. You can't run. You can't hide. You can't in the secret of the night. You can't in the confines and the secrecy of nobody will know. He knows. Listen, nobody may ever find out. We may choose to keep on and keep on and keep on. But the Bible says your sins will find you out. Because He sees it. He sees it. There's so many things that nobody will know, nobody will ever see. And, and, and you, can, you can do it and... and it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt the spouse. It doesn't hurt the family. It doesn't hurt nobody because it's, it's little. It's insignificant. But he sees it. Beginning verse 1 of Second Samuel. David has already had an affair with Bathsheba. David has already had Uriah killed. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came and he to him and said, there were two men in one city, one rich man and the other poor. And the rich man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he bought and nourished, and he, it grew up together with him and his children, and it would eat of his bread and drink of his cup and lie in his bosom, and was like a daughter to him. 
Now, a traveler came to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. Rather, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. And then David's anger burned greatly against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die. He must make restitution for the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and had no compassion. Guys, it's easy to look at Facebook. It's easy to read the news. It's easy to see other people's front porches. It's easy to see other people's yards. It's easy to hear other people's stories and us immediately pass judgment us immediately take a, take a position of basically pride. Basically, I'm better. Because here's the deal. Nobody knows what I'm doing. Nobody knows how I'm messing up. Nobody knows what I'm sneaking around and doing. Nobody will ever know what I am doing behind the scenes, behind closed doors, in the middle of the night, down a road, in the secrecy and in the confines of my own privacy. Nobody will ever know. God sees it. Right now. But it's easy to be like David right here. That's not right. That's not right. He should suffer. He should punished. He should die. Nathan then said to David, verse 7, You are the man. It's you, David. It's you. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Listen to this. God blessed everything that Joseph touched. God blessed everything that David touched. Listen to this. It is I who anointed you king over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your care, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. Be still and wait on the Lord. Let God provide. Trust in the Lord and walk in His ways and in His timing and in His perfect will. Find satisfaction, find joy, find completion, find everything that we need in Him and Him only. He says, I would, I've given you everything and I would have given you so much more also if you would have just listened to me. But instead, why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? You've struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and have taken his wife to be, to be your wife and have killed him with a sword and the sons of Ammon. It's like, look, you had an affair, you committed adultery, you murdered somebody. It was like, it was like I was lavishing on top of lavishing. I was 
blessing on top of blessing, but you chose. And what you thought nobody would ever find out about, saw it. And now you read on down through the punishment. His son dies. He loses his kingdom. He loses everything. It kind of goes downhill from here. It's never the same. We wonder sometimes. We blame. We blame and we... We give every excuse and it's this reason and it's this reason and it's her fault and their fault and it's the boss's fault and the teacher's fault and the neighbor's fault and the spouse's fault and the kid's fault and the parent's fault. It's everybody else's fault but our fault. We choose. You choose. I choose. We stand at a crossroads every day, every moment of the day, and we choose. And God sees that choice. And you say, well, I don't know what to do. We'll simply pray. You say, it's a big situation. We'll simply pray. Simply seek godly counsel. Simply seek godly men or women that you respect and you look up to and that are, that are godly and walk and, and seek counsel. You, you, we can't come back. Nobody made us. Nobody's forcing us. Nobody is, is making us do it. We simply choose to disobey. And it's against God. God sees it. Go over to Psalm 51. 53-51 David writes this psalm as he's broken over what happens his son dies he's broken over the fact that he had rebelled against a holy and righteous God and the heaviness of that sin the heaviness of his rebellion weighed on him and he writes this psalm and he says for I know verse 3 For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. This morning, I we choose, and I'm I've I've not called a name, I've not labeled a person, I've not pointed at a at an individual, I've not said, "Remember when you're doing that," or "Remember the other day when you did this," or "Last night when you did this," or "The other day when you were looking at that and you were thinking that." You were sneaking around doing that. and I've not said any of that. But we know. We know. See, and that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God moves and He, and he works and He convicts. And yes, he, he leads, He guides, He directs, but He also convicts. Praise God for conviction. Praise God for conviction. Praise God for the Nathan. Praise God for... What if we got what we want? What if we got what we deserve? What if we got... What if we just continue to play in this... this, this what if we continue to play in this little thing? And, and here's the deal. And I want to stop because I know where some of your brains are going. There's some of you ain't looking at nothing bad on your phone. 
There's some of you ain't slipping around looking at anything bad on the phone or on the computer. There's some of you that, that you know what, you ain't watching things you shouldn't and listening to things you should. There's some of you in here, y'all ain't texting people you shouldn't and texting other married folks you shouldn't and, 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 and taking little bits here and, and little bits there. You know, you take just a little bit along and it turns into a lot, but if you just take a little, nobody ever knows. There's some of you doing none of those things. And you sit there on a night, on a morning like this, and you say, well, well, maybe they're listening. Pride. Arrogance. Selfishness. Sin. See, in our culture, if you're not murdering or committing adultery well that's not even bad what makes what makes news now maybe murder i mean what makes news now everything's sort of okay now right so 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 everything's sort of okay now it don't make news now so it must not be so bad because because you know what everybody's doing it and, and and nobody knows nobody nobody knows they'll never know god sees it though For I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. And against you. And you only have I sinned. And done that which is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you. When you speak. And you're blameless. When you judge. You know God is. God is infinitely perfect. God is infinitely good. God is infinitely just. We're not. We're not. We rob Him of glory. We rob Him. We, we get to that situation when the temptation comes and the, or, or the, the, the snare comes or the trap comes or the trip comes or, or whatever comes and... and and we mess up and God is right in whatever judgment we receive. God is right in whatever judgment He passes on us. He is right in what He does. He is not unfair. Against you and you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. Guys, when we view our sin as, as God's watching, when we see the secret things and we see and we can get ourselves away from this idea that just because nobody is in the room, God's in the room. God is watching. If you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you, if you're a Christian, He sees the judgment we pass in our mind. He sees the, well, I'm better than her, or I'd never do that, or you can't. He sees that, and he knows every. He's intimately aware of all of that. And though no one else on the face of this earth knows, God right now knows. And anything we choose, he knows. And any direction we take, he knows. When his spirit is inside of us, God... 
See, others don't hear those radars going off and those sirens going off and those red flags going off and the Spirit of God is saying, you should not. This is not who I saved you to be. I saved you for far more than that. This is not... This doesn't edify. This doesn't build up. When those radars and those sirens and those things are happening, no one around us hears it, but we hear it. And as the noise goes off that this is not who you are anymore, this doesn't please me, this doesn't edify the body, this doesn't build up, this doesn't make me happy. This goes against so many things in my word. I know it, Lord. I hear you, Lord. But I want what I want. I want pleasure. I want happiness. I want joy. I want financial freedom. I want power. I want influence. I want what I want. And God tells David, I would have given you everything else also. Against you and you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in my sight. It's easy to come in and talk about God's good. Heaven's great. The reward is awesome. But guys, when you deal with the Word, you've got to deal with our sin, and we've got to deal with it. hard part of this journey is those natures, those struggles. The hard part of it is, is you've still got these wandering eyes. We still got this floating mind that sits in daydreams and says, does some filthy, filthy things. And you never outgrow it. You never get beyond it. But I want to say something Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Christ can complete you, Christ is all satisfying. Christ is all satisfying. That rush, those few minutes, those few moments, that that Christ is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. So what we have to do is surrender. What we have to do is, 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 is surrender, broken surrender. Storing me the joy of my salvation, surrender completely. I can't tell you the number of times I've preached. And I've done something silly like this, but it's such a great picture. This is what we do on Sundays. We walk in here and we hear a sermon like this. And we realize that, you know what, I see the sermon and I see the title and I hear the message. And you know what, Lord, I... You got me. You got me again, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I shouldn't have done this, and I shouldn't have done that, and I shouldn't have said this, and I shouldn't have said that, and I shouldn't have been looking at this, and I shouldn't have been talking to her, and I shouldn't have been in that place, and, and everybody, I knew it was wrong, but Lord, I did it anyway. Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we repent. 
we come and we... No, I can't give him all that. I'll take that. I'll give him that. He knows these two. He sees this is happening too. He sees everything. And the reason we can't get to the next level and to the next step is we, we, we're broken and we repent and we cry out in forgiveness and we say, Lord, I give you everything. And then we get up and we take a few things with us. And yeah, but these are just, nobody will know about these. He knows about these. He knows about all of this. And what we're saying, here's what we're saying by our literal actions. I don't even know what you have written on this. This was probably... Hollered at the wife. Me and her got in a fight. We was fussing. I was mean, you know. I, I, uh, see, see, honey, I, I'm sorry. I'm broken. This, this was another biggie, and this was another biggie, and, and this was another biggie, and that's another biggie. And see there, hey, I'm, I'm free. Y'all see, I'm free. These are mine. And what we're saying is that this. Whatever this is, is better than Christ. This brings me more momentary pleasure, more long-term pleasure. This is the things that, that he's not noticed, or, or these are the things that, that just make it all go away and make it better and ease the pain for just a little bit. This stuff is good. What we're saying is, Lord, I know better than you. I know that this stuff is better than what you provide. This... And it's really that ridiculous. It's really that ridiculous. The God of creation who created everything, who loves us, who saved us, who redeemed us, who sent his son to die for us and has given us a promise of forever in his presence. This is better. you choose is it I'm not your judge you're not my judge is it I don't even know what yours is I don't even know what this is but we choose Father God we are um we're caught, every single one of us.
And if it were not for your grace and your mercy and your long suffering and your restoring of us, restoring of the joy of our salvation, if it were not for Christ, oh wretched man that I am. God, if it were not for your infinite goodness and infinitely awesome love and long-suffering, merciful grace, oh, where would I be? Where would any of us be, Lord? How many times have we chosen junk over your goodness? How many times have we thought that this would make it better than what you could provide? How many times, Lord God in heaven, please forgive us, Lord. God, you tell us that if we confess our sins, you'll forgive us. Lord, I pray around this room right now that your Holy Spirit would speak to the hearts of your sons and your daughters. Guys, it's you and him right now. You choose. You choose what to say. You choose what to repent. You choose what to confess. You choose. But he sees. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you don't give us what we deserve. God, we thank you for freedom in Christ. We thank you for forgiveness in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you don't judge us, you don't condemn us. You're right to, but you don't, Lord. God, we thank you. Well, I thank you, Jesus coming to this earth and dying for me who you knew every single time as seemed like almost every time Lord I choose wrong God you knew that you knew me you knew everything about me you knew the choices I would make you knew the directions I would go in and in spite of all of that you still said I'll die for God, I praise you. I'm so unworthy. God, we are so unworthy. 
God, but we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the newness. We thank you, God, for the restoration. We thank you, God, for, Lord, we don't have to, we don't have to run around and act as if we're, we're sneaking around and getting away with something because, God, you see it. And Lord, the beauty of being honest with you and the beauty of not hiding it from you is, is God, now we can talk about it. Lord, and we can just be honest and we can call it what it is and we can call it by name and we can, we can be real and we can, we, Lord, you can start freshly moving and clearing, God, and helping in our weakness, Lord, and, and we call it weakness, God. Lord, we're sorry for that. We're sorry and we don't want to do it. We don't want to go there. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be a part of that. That is not who you saved us to be. That is not who we are. God, forgive us and, Lord, we ask, Lord, God, if if those temptations and those traps and those snares and those, those invitations and whatever it comes in, when those opportunities come again, which Satan is not going to stop and we rebuke him in Jesus' name. But God, I pray that when those opportunities and those moments and that, that time comes, Lord, help us toward our weakness. We're weak. Lord God, we're weak. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that there's not a believer in this room that's not, that's not talking about it. God, but that they are talking about it with you. That they are like verbalizing it and putting it into words and, and saying what it is and calling it out what it is and, and, and literally dealing with it. It's not a secret. There, there is no secret. It's, it's not a secret. You saw it. You, you're there. You're a part of it. You, you're, you're in it, Lord. It's not a secret. We don't have to act as if it's a secret. We don't act as, have to act, Lord. We can just be open with you. God, forgive us. God, transform us. God, create in us a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit in us. Use us, Lord. Use this brokenness, use this, oh, use these pieces, all these pieces for your glory. And we'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen.